Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the president and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Thank you, Brent. I'm Luann Flanders-Steck, the Executive Vice President at Launch Greensboro, where we accelerate growth for entrepreneurs starting and growing businesses in the Greensboro Triad area by providing education, mentoring, and access to capital. We do this work through a variety of programs, working with experts and volunteers throughout the year. Excited to talk today with you about First Launch Capital Fund. We invest in entrepreneurs and small businesses to expand the culture of innovation throughout the 12 county Piedmont Triad region of North Carolina. The fund is focused on capital appreciation, economic development, and job growth through investments in early stage companies with high growth and future funding potential. And today we have one of those companies with us, as well as one of our newest um, members of First Launch Capital Fund that is highly involved in our investment committee. So first of all, I'd like for David and Nathan to introduce themselves. So David is a co-founder at Beam Dynamics. So David, quick introduction. Certainly. Yeah, so um, obviously I'm David. Uh, really excited to be in the Piedmont Triad area. So um, I actually moved up here from Atlanta. Both my co-founder and I were uh, in Atlanta for the last 10 years or so um, in, in looking to start our business and grow we really were excited about the opportunity to be in this area. Um, you know, I've been in the film and production industry for a while, um, continue to see the same problem on these production sets. Um, and my co-founder and I left um, our jobs recently and decided to go tackle this. We've been working on it for about two years now. Um, we just launched our first product to market um, last week. Uh, so we're really excited about that. Um, and I think we're just really you know, positive of what's to come in the next several months for Beam as we continue our capital raise and start to sign up our initial customers within this industry. Great. Thank you, David. And we'll talk some more about those details in just a bit. Nathan. Yeah, thanks, Luann. Um, excited to be here today. Uh, so my name is Nathan Powell. Uh, I am originally from the triad. Uh, grew up uh, over in Winston-Salem, out in the county. Uh, and uh, moved out to the Greensboro area several years ago um, and uh, had a sort of variety of experiences um, over the years since college. I've worked in the, as a buy-side analyst uh, in the uh, financial sector. Um, I've also worked with some early stage growth companies, startups, as well as some larger publicly traded companies in a variety of roles uh, ranging from uh, you know, product management and development, operations, and even finance. So, uh, yeah, excited to be here today and, and get to talk with you guys. Great. Thanks, Nathan. 
So Nathan, let's we'll do a quick fund overview and kind of talk more about that. So as you mentioned, you've recently returned to Greensboro. And I have to say, I love a boomerang with entrepreneurial experience. Um, so we're thrilled you're back. Um, and you've been involved in entrepreneurship in many different ways. Talk about some of those ways you've become involved as you've returned back to the region and why you chose to get involved with First Launch Capital Fund specifically. Yeah, no, good. Uh, it's a good question there. And I, I definitely like the, the uh, boomerang program here in Greensboro. I think that's a, that's a really good idea. And, uh, you know, especially with everything that's going on uh, throughout the uh, pandemic and everyone looking to relocate. Um, I think I, I can count myself as, as one of those folks uh, that uh, made the decision. It wasn't a hard decision uh, to come back here. Um, and uh, so, but, and the reason why it wasn't terribly hard is I was living up in Brooklyn and you can imagine spending the first part of the pandemic on lockdown and a, my wife and I uh, in a Brooklyn concrete box, effectively. Uh, we were excited to get back here. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, the, the startup community, the entrepreneur community, whichever term you, you'd like to use is, is always been something that's uh, near and dear to my, my heart and my core interests. Um, I really uh, enjoy working with uh, the entrepreneurs, helping them grow their businesses. It's something that I like to doing. Uh, when I came back several years ago, I was living in Europe. I moved back here. Uh, that was when I first really got involved in the triads uh, startup and entrepreneurial com community. Um, it was working as uh, a founder uh, and a co-founder on a couple of startups uh, here in the area, uh, as well as uh, trying to provide mentorship as well. Uh, so there's a lot of programs across the triad, especially here in Greensboro. Uh, some of them are like startup weekends where you just get to bring your ideas to the table and figure out what we can do to get, get things moving. Um, and also working with programs uh, such as the ones that launched Greensboro. We're really you know, working through a course and more, I guess, kind of official mentorship sort of programs, but really helping get people to that to the stage kind of like where beam is right now like we want to get everybody to where beam is that's probably the best way to describe it um and that's where sort of first launch capital fund comes in and where uh, uh you know one of the reasons why i wanted to join that is um you know as i've kind of viewed first launch capital as kind of like one of the one of the the few major pillars of an entrepreneurial community that make it successful um, you need things like uh, support uh, programs, uh, mentorship, a lot of the things that Launch Greensboro has, obviously a, a thriving sort of business community, but also capital. Capital is kind of important. <laughs> uh, not everyone is as lucky as, say, Instagram, where somebody just walks over and gives you a billion-dollar check with no revenue. That is, doesn't happen very often. Um, David, I hope that ha happens to you guys. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, you know, when I came, uh, joining that and working on the investment committee there, you know, one of our goals is certainly to interact and engage with uh, the startups and the co-founders, or founders and co-founders, and uh, help them uh, get their companies into a spot where they can start raising capital. And that's, uh, I really enjoy that process. So, um, you know, I kind of, I know we'll just kind of walk through that during that today, but uh, 
Yeah. Right. So some of our listeners may not understand due diligence. So I'm going to spend a second on that. And that's part of the investment committee role. So as funds look for new investments, we complete what's called due diligence, which is a long, tedious process for most co-founders, um, but it is a requirement to better understand the behind the scenes and the details of a business before a fund makes the decision to invest. And that's part of the role that Nathan um, has played alongside myself and many others for First Launch Capital Fund. So Nathan, thank you for taking on that role um, and helping build out that process. Um, what have I missed? Do you want to add anything to that concept and around the investment committee? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the role of the uh, investment committee, I guess the primary thing there is to, to do uh, an evaluation of the applicants as they come in. So sort of the way this works for those that haven't done this is um, we have a application process, fill that out. Uh, that's sort of where we you let us know that you're interested and we'll start the engagement from there. Um, and really the due diligence process is it's, you know, the early parts of it is we're trying to just get to know the the entrepreneurs understand the business idea. What is this? What is it all about? Um, and then we want to get, you know, from there we start to progress and get more into the details. Uh, really trying to to understand the the business model, the business plan, looking at the financial projections. Um, but really, on, on top of that, it's really getting to know the 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 founders themselves. I mean, at these early stages, that's such a key factor. Uh, 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 when we're looking at a company at this stage, because you know a lot of this is still at the idea stage, or uh, you've got a beta prototype, maybe could even just be drawn on paper, or maybe it's already a working prototype. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that's a, a lot of our our uh, process is sort of evolved around around that, you know. And it can, yeah, it, it takes a little bit of time, but it's something we can get through though. So it's I don't want anyone to feel like it's a daunting, scary thing. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan. Um, I also want to mention, and I really want to say a thank you to Nathan. He's also recently volunteered to be a mentor for our Launch Lab Growth Program, um, one of our signature programs. So thank you again for that and for supporting that program as well. So I'm going to pull David in here. Um, You've mentioned so many changes in your life recently. So why a startup at this point in time? Um, I'm guessing there's even more things that have gone on in the last couple of months that we don't know about or years that we don't know about. But why the, Why a startup in the midst of all of this? And oh, by the way, I don't know, it's COVID. <laughs> it's been a pandemic for the last 20 months. Yes. So I, I think it was just, you know, we saw a need for a problem that existed. So I used to work for the largest manufacturer in the film and broadcast industry called the Vitech Group. And I'd visit 250 to 300 uh, film studios every single year, being on set, interacting with engineers. And virtually every you know, engineer that I talked to, I saw the same problem they were having, which is they manage five to 10,000 different pieces of equipment from 300 or more manufacturers, and they're using Excel spreadsheets. So when they need to find updates, whether it's firmware, service issues, they have hundreds of different places to look to find that data. And I just kept thinking, if we could bring this all into one place, this is going to solve a tremendous amount of problems for these engineers that work on these film sets, as well as for the manufacturer that 
you know, honestly, with Amazon and B&H, these big resellers are kind of losing touch with who actually owns their product and how they're using it. So we really saw Beam as a way that could sit in the middle. Um, so my uh, partner and I started talking, um, I guess, January of 2020 um, and said, we think we can figure something out. We think there's, you know, there's something here, right? We don't know what it is. But we think there's something here. Um, so we spent a lot of time working, thinking about it. And then, of course, COVID hits. The film production industry stops and comes completely, completely to a halt. You know, Ozark hasn't come out for over two years. People are starting to scream. Um, and I think that's, you know, that was a scary point. It's like, hey, we are kind of going out to endeavor, but the, the whole industry we're trying to operate in is, is shut down indefinitely. Um, but at that point, I think my, my co-founder and I, we started to say, well, while everyone else is, you know, sitting back, trying to wait and see what's going to happen, we just got to work. Um, you know, we had limited work hours at our companies. We both traveled extensively and we no longer had to travel. So that just opened up so much extra time that we could devote to solving this problem. We continued going down that path, just talking to customers, understanding what their needs are, working nights and weekends. We had a standing call from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. every single night for over a year. Um, it puts a lot of stress on you know, your family, but that was something that we said we, we need to do this. Um, and by the end of that, the end of last year in December, we ended up winning an NCI IDEA uh, micro grant. And that was kind of the impetus for me leaving my job and feeling comfortable, you know, hey, I've got this great job, but someone else at least validated our idea in a little bit. From that, we raised some money and continued growing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy time to start a company, but it was kind of like we saw this problem. We did enough research to feel that, yes, there is a big enough problem. There's a revenue potential. And then at the end, it's kind of just, you just kind of have to jump in the deep end and see if you can swim. Um, and so that's what we've done. And, you know, luckily with fundraising and finding customers and building the product, it's, it's finally started to come together. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, but at least, you know, every week we kind of get a little bit more validation that we're on the right path. Yeah. And again, you'll learn a little bit more about it in just a bit, but describe your solution. So you've talked a lot about the problems you're solving, but describe your solution to our audience because it's pretty cool. Yeah, so the easiest way to describe it is an asset management system um, that helps provide lifecycle updates and information to these products. So typically when you store, you know, information on a piece of equipment that is owned, you know, these production sets, they spend a million dollars a day shooting. So if they're down for even one hour, that's $50,000 an hour. So they need firmware updates, manuals, figure out who to contact for service. And as I said, they were using Excel to manage all this. It wasn't updated, it wasn't dynamic. So what we actually do at Beam is using just the model number and serial number of the product that they own, we actually built algorithms that pull in all of the current software and firmware updates, all of the manuals, who to contact when something drops off, what the lifecycle information is on that product. So now these engineers and studios can take their existing equipment list and have all this rich resources of data and information so that when something does happen on set, they can find an answer instantly. They can get that problem resolved instantly, whether that's the knowledge base, creating a service ticket. They can do everything within one platform, which is the Beam platform. Great. Thank you. Um, and, and just to make this connection, if you all haven't figured out yet um, and you haven't seen the press release this is our kind of official announcement that First Launch Capital Fund invested in Beam Dynamics. Um, 
Beam is our sixth investment in First Launch Capital Fund, and we're thrilled to be supporting them and their growth and what's going on in that community. And Nathan, join me in a kind of a discussion around one, what were some of the key drivers in our decision at First Launch to make this investment in Beam, as well as almost generically how we make decisions and what, what are some of the key drivers and a positive decision for making, making an investment. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. This is a good example, I think, of of a successful like start to finish on, on getting uh, an investment through the uh, through the investment committee and and uh, um, approved. So you know, and if we look back, like we first saw Beam at, um, or at least I did at uh, Capital Connects, right? You guys presented there. Um, and during the, I guess the the virtual browsing, however that was called, uh, you know, I went and spoke to David you know, and uh, I think Ryan was there too. I think it was the two of you, and we just chatted for a little bit and said, okay, I, I like this idea, um, but I really enjoyed talking to you guys, and that's what really sort of got things going. So, um, you know, at these at, with, with the companies that we focus on, we're, I guess, in VC world, you'd say that we're in the, we're in the early stage um, area. So that would be, uh, you, you'll hear terms like friends and family round, pre-seed round, or seed round. Um, these are just early stages of investments in a, in a uh, startup. And, you know, when we're looking at companies uh, who have applied to first launch capital fund for an investment, um, you know, the, the criteria that you use in the early stages is a bit different than what you look at in later stages of investing. And that's just usually because you have, most likely have little to no revenue. Your product may not be ready to go to market, uh, may, may not even have your financial projections ready yet. Uh, so, but what that means is a lot of what we're doing when we're evaluating companies, we're looking at, you know, having to look at other factors. So obviously, I would say the top thing that we look at is um, is, is the the founders themselves and really understanding uh, you know who they are. We like to get to know them very well. That means having several conversations, and those evolve around trying to understand uh, just the materials that have been provided to us. So we'll look over what what is called a, a due diligence folder or due diligence uh, uh, documents. Various terms can be used for that, but really that has things like the business plan, uh, the business model, all the details around that, maybe some financial projections or just some broad numbers, some market analysis uh, and the product itself. So a lot of details, we'll read through all that and you know, just have, uh, like just talk with the entrepreneurs and, and, and go through that stuff in detail and really get comfortable with um, the product, uh, but also the industry itself and, and where we see this thing going. And, you know, the reason why we uh, put such a strong emphasis on the founders themselves and their skill sets is because at that early stage, you know, there's really no, while well, there's really no like clear recipe book for getting all the way through uh, to the end where you're uh, getting that series A or B or C or being acquired by somebody or eventually going public, any of those outcomes. Um, there's a, that's a long road and you know, we want to we look for entrepreneurs that we think have the, the capabilities of, of seeing that through um, because a lot of 
you know, in those those early stages, you're not you're not talking in terms of years. You're talking in terms of like weeks and months, uh, not even sometimes it's days and hours, depending on what you're doing. Um, so with first launch capital, after uh, we spoke to Dave, uh, David and Ryan at uh, Capital Connect, you know, we then made the decision. Uh, the first decision that the committee made was, do we want to move to due diligence? And so we took a vote and agreed, yes, this is definitely a company we want to uh, begin the due diligence process with. So from there, and I think it was really, really, Luann, you and I went through, uh, had a lot of uh, meetings with uh, David and Ryan, uh, poured through all the documents that were supplied. We had a lot of conversations. Um, and then we finally got to the end there. And at that point, once we're, we're comfortable, we make, you know, the committee comes back together. We talk about uh, Beam. Um, and then we all agreed that, yes, this is a company we should make an investment in. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of a, a general summary. I know it's sort of now the due diligence piece itself can take a while there. I didn't go into all the details, but that's uh, hopefully that sort of hits some of the main criteria that, that we're, we're looking at. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. And I think one of the things to reiterate that you said is, you know, at this earliest stage, the founders are key and vital. And that was one of the components of our decision that, that we were very, very comfortable with because um, Nathan and his partner, Ryan, have both been executing like crazy and really, really building their business uh, at the speed of light and sound at this stage, which is very exciting for us as investors. Additionally, one of the things that was exciting to us is they are focused on a very niche market that they know very well. And there's the opportunity for additional industries and market verticals. So there's expansion opportunities outside even the broadcast space uh, that could be viable, feasible, and it, but it may never be, may, may never need to be. So, so we're excited about that opportunity. Um, David, tell us a little bit about this funding round. Um, raising capital is not for the faint of heart <laughs> and um, it can be difficult, challenging and exciting all at the same time. So tell, tell us a bit about this round, how you're gonna use these funds and what impact uh, these dollars have on the business today and, and in the next couple of months? Certainly. So when we started our fundraise, I said we won a, a, a small grant and kind of was the tipping point for me to feel comfortable, you know, moving full time, starting to build our team. We did, as Nathan said, like a friends and family round, which is typically the first small investment um, from for people that believe in you in you alone. You don't even need an idea. They're kind of like, we, we trust, we know this money might never come back. We trust in you because you know you've proven yourself. Um, but then once we started, you know, we built a prototype with that money. Um, we had had some, you know, started to bring a team together and some developers. And then it was time, I guess, in you know the spring of this year to start thinking. Okay, we know that this is a real problem. We know we want to devote, you know, our lives or the next couple of years to solving this problem. Now we need to raise some money. Um, so we started, you know, a capital raise of trying to raise around $400,000, which was going to allow us to close our first um, set of customers. A lot of these studios are owned by large ownership groups. The goal is to close one of those big ownership groups, which would give us about 50 customers in one foul swoop. 
Um, it also allow us to complete the development of our platform. We'd started pilot testing with some broadcast studios that are um, across the country and kind of learned what features they needed. And we knew we needed to raise more money to continue building those features and kind of build out the team. Um, and then on top of all that is bringing in people on kind of the operations and sales side. You know, as we start to build a product and grow, uh, we know that we couldn't do it all ourselves. So it's trying to understand, you know, do we need someone in marketing? Do we need someone in sales or customer service and success? Um, so we kind of looked and said, you know, this amount of money is going to get us there. It's going to give us a runway for the next nine to 12 months where we have some time to develop it. But, you know, our, our current motto right now is basically we're getting ready to run. Um, and that's what we talk about internally over the next six to nine months is we wanna be ready to run by the end of this. And what does that mean? It means we've got a product that is rock solid, that is ready to sell, the features are there, it's not breaking all the time. It means we have the team that's ready to go. And it means that we've started to understand our processes. How are we gonna sell? Who are we gonna to sell to? You know, what, what verticals are we gonna reach? And we feel like with those three things, that's gonna allow us to run, but ultimately it's gonna allow us to raise that next round of funding. Um, and so part of being able to run is having the capital to do so. So we're using all this current capital to kind of put the team in place, design everything out so that we can start raising this larger round of funding probably in, you know, nine months from now. And that's going to be where we can scale. We can really grow the team. We can continue building out of the future sets. And I think that's the next stage, which is kind of our seed round, which would be we got a good product, now let's go sell it. I think we're still getting to that point of let's make this product that is going to fly off the shelves. Um, so that's kind of our, our process and our thinking right now. But we're, we're always constantly raising, even as we're you know finishing up this current round of funding, we're already talking to the next stage of investors, whether it's a seed investor or even Series A. We're already having those conversations to say, when we come back to you in six months or in three months, what do you want to see out of Beam? You know, what are the things that worry you? What are the things we can resolve? And that just helps us frame our business and honestly gets us to think bigger. Because when we talk to these people that have been involved with other successful startups, say, hey, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about taking your product there? So even if we're not ready for those bigger investments, you know, we continue to have those discussions because they're always enlightening. And you've already had some success with the funds that you've raised. Tell us a little bit about what you've already done with those yeah. funds and some of those successes in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so we have, uh, you know, part of developing a new product is getting testers, but you can't get an enterprise client like, you know, a large film studio or a broadcast station to do that unless you have a market-ready product. So the first thing is we got our product to a point where we actually now have about 10 pilot testers that are spread out across the country. So that's been a big part of getting feedback and support from that. And a result of that early success, we actually won an award from the National Association of Broadcasters, which is the largest trade association for the film and broadcast industry, um, as a pilot innovation award winner, which means we were one of two companies that they selected that are poised to make a significant impact on the industry within the next two to three years. Um, so it's designed for early stage startup companies, but it provides us you know, free booth space, recognition, um, you know, and the ability to go to this large industry show. But if nothing else, it's, as I talk about, you know, we continue to get those little steps of validation across, you know, we raised some money, we got our first pilot testers. Now we have, you know, we won the grant. Now we have, you know, this award 
And I think that's part of the evolution of a startup is, is it's incredibly stressful to raise money. It's incredibly stressful to put a product out there that maybe isn't fully fleshed out quite yet, but you need these touch points, um, whether that's, you know, for the first check-in from first launch to customer recognition to industry recognition, those are just the fuel that kind of keeps me saying, all right, we'll still have those late night calls. You know, I'm excited to wake up every day, even though it's a lot of uncertainty, it, it starts to bring it together, which is exciting. Well, congratulations. I haven't told you face-to-face. I guess this is face-to-face, virtually face-to-face. Congratulations <laughs> on that award. Um, you've seen many emails from each other, but um, excited for that. So one of the ways that First Launch Capital Fund works with our portfolio companies is not only through their fundraising efforts, but also in supporting the businesses through their additional fundraising, launching, and growth. And so I think one of the things that we are pretty good at is finding the right connect point for each company. And Nathan, you currently have um, one portfolio company, Prudos, that you're managing. And um, we're going to spend a second talking about that and how we continue to support businesses. And then I'm going to ask, put David on the spot and ask him how we can support him. So Nathan, share a little bit about how we work with Prudos and our existing portfolio companies. Yeah, no, that's a good question because it's, I think that's an important part of uh, a successful venture capital firm, but also a successful entrepreneur community is that uh, these engagements are, are um, you know, last over time rather than just being a one-off thing. Um, and so it, in that sense, we, once we make an investment in a company, we do, someone from the investment committee will uh, be the uh, ongoing sponsor. Um, and really the, the idea there is to one, uh, just uh, stay engaged with the company and the founders, you know, seeing, uh, really trying to think about where can we help them in different ways. Now, how can we help? Well, um, the thing about First Launch Capital is while we do have a, uh, our investment committee, uh, it's Luann, you and me, and also there's Adam, Cliff, uh, Bill, Stu, uh, the six of us are there, but we also have members of the fund, and those are the, the investors uh, that have uh, uh, provided capital to support this uh, First Launch Capital Fund, um, and they have a variety of uh, skill sets. Um, it can be anywhere from legal and finance to operations, product development, engineering, you name it. Um, so what that means is when we're working with our, uh, the companies that we've invested in, it's really trying to help them through the stages of development. Again, they're going to tend to be early stage, and we want to get them uh, to the point where they can raise that next round or the round after that, uh, where they can get that product out to market and start generating revenues. Um, and so, you know, we support them on either thinking through things like right, let's look at strategy, let's look at product market fit, uh, where can we help them with, say, sales and marketing, um, but it can also be with fundraising as well. Um, you know, our members may individually decide to contribute some additional capital to a round, that can, that can happen, um, and, uh, 
you know, going into those next rounds of things, the dynamics change in fundraising. It's one thing when you're doing friends and family or seed, pre-seed rounds. It's a different thing when you get to the series A and subsequent rounds from that. And so we want to help uh, the, the founders get themselves, you know, prepared for those, those next engagements with, uh, uh, which are ultimately going to be uh, larger, you know, more sophisticated investor groups. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, that's what we're here to help make those connections and, and get them in front of the right people. And, and I'm going to jump in here as well. And additionally, making connections to potential employees, uh, potential customers, all of those ways that we can support and help build a business that we've invested in. And, and oftentimes we do that as well with companies that we choose not to invest in because there may be something very specific um, that caused a no answer, but it doesn't mean you're not an amazing business. So if um, you have questions about how to raise capital or you're a startup and you have questions about how to raise capital or need support in thinking through that, please reach out to us. Um, specifically, Nathan and I love working with entrepreneurs at that stage and would be happy to talk to you about that. So um, David, on that note, how can um, First Launch, as well as the community, our community here in the triad, support you and Ryan and Beam Dynamics as you start and grow your business? Yes, well, I think the one of our missions has always been to, to build locally and grow our team. We have no intention of, you know, moving out of the triad. You know, we want a, you know, a skyscraper downtown in the years to come. So I think part of that, though, is, you know, we need to have buy-in from the community and we need to find the right, you know, talent and employees and people that are really driven by this mission of trying to change, you know, the way an industry operates. Now, you wouldn't typically think, you know, a fast-growing tech company um, would even want to be in the triad initially, but the benefits that it provides to, to have the quality of life and to grow something, we're really excited about that, but we know we're going to need people to get us there. So as we said, we kind of are building our team. We kind of have the core team, but now we're starting to think, all right, when well, we raise this next round, we're going to need to bring on a lot more people that have a lot of different skill sets from HR to marketing, to sales, to operations, you know, it really is filling the gaps. Um, so that's, I think, something that, you know, strategically we need help in is understanding, one, what those gaps are. We might be really great in technology, but we're lacking on the financial side where it might be flipped for a different company. So I think, you know, helping us determine where are gaps um, so that by the end of the six to nine months, we are ready to run. Uh, and I think from, you know, first launch in general, I think it's continue having the startup community being built we get so much out of the other startups that we talk to other founders that are either a little bit ahead of us that we can say, how did you get through this next round? Or even founders that are, you know, a couple months behind us that are just getting into their pre-seed round. I think having that mentorship of people that are, you know, in the same stage or have been in that same stage recently, I know Nathan's done a lot as well, kind of in the stage beyond us. So that's, what's been great is to have that type of community of people as well. We certainly want, you know, more people helping us from executives that have been at the top of organizations, but also finding other startups and founders that have been there, that's critical. Um, and then last thing, you know, if, if anyone is interested in investing in Beam, we'll take your check. Uh, but, uh, 
But I think in reality, I think, you know, fundraising is a challenging thing. A lot of times it's about connections. We know our next raise is bigger. Um, so, you know, any support of, of introductions, whether you'd like to keep as much of our, our next raise within the triad area as possible. Uh, there's a lot of money, you know, in other areas, we think that we can really, you know, provide for our community and, you know, enrich the, the community through what we do. Great. Thank you, David. We, like I've said earlier, and I'm going to say it again, we are looking forward to working with you and helping Beam Dynamics grow in our community and build that skyscraper. So, yes, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Um, so I'm going to close out now with a, with a quick overview again. So First Launch Capital Fund, you can find us at firstlaunchcapital.com. So please reach out. There's an application in that uh, on that website. So if you are looking to raise capital, or even if you just want, connect, want to connect with us, please reach out. Um, also, I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit more about Launch Greensboro, which is the uh, organization that manages and runs the First Launch Capital Fund as well. We have some applications open for our programming. You can find those links at launchgreensboro.com to the bottom of that page. And additionally, Nathan mentioned it earlier, David and Nathan met the first time at Capital Connects and those applications will be open in a couple of weeks. Um, that is our signature pitch event that we've been hosting for almost 20 years. It may be 20 already, um, but we used normally have uh, about 15 companies pitching to potential investors in a large room setting. And it is a lot of fun. It's a great event. And uh, we're all keeping our fingers crossed that we don't have to meet and uh, visit virtually it, this year in uh, March, on March 9th. So please look for that application link as well in the near future. And save the date for our Launch Lab Growth Demo Day, which is on December 13th. Again, you can find all of that on launchgreensboro.com. And I really would like to thank Nathan and David again for joining us. Um, this has been a fun conversation and any last words you all want to share? Nothing major from my side. We're just really excited of the support that we've had in the community. It really kickstarted everything for Beam. So excited for more to come and hopefully more of these podcasts as we continue to, to grow. Great. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'll just say I'm uh, super excited to be back uh, in the Greensboro area, uh, certainly working with First Launch Capital and, and, and David, you and Ryan over at Beam. Um, and uh, I hope some of the, uh, I hope this encourages a lot of people to, to start looking at uh, some of the programs here uh, in Greensboro and, and uh, especially those that want to start a company. Like there's a, there's a ton of resources all over here ready to help in any way possible. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks. Thanks, Nathan. I'm thrilled you're back in Greensboro as well. So thank you all. Have a lovely day. And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks from the Launch Greensboro side of the house, talking more about Capital Connects and our Launch Lab Demo Day. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information.
You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time. Thank you.